Hello and welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. Uh, today we are Matt Sinless, but uh, this is Thank Chris. God. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Chris, and with me is Kyle. Say hello, how's Kyle. It, how's everybody doing? Fantastic. So uh, we're, <laughs> no answer. We're gonna, there's <laughs> so we're going to start with uh, this day in wrestling history, August the seventh. Uh, eight years ago today, and just so you know, it was very slow news day in August. Um, eight years ago today, uh, TNA, I know they're still around sometimes, TNA presented Hardcore Justice. Uh, it's a, a, a pay-per-view. Um, hmm. And in that, we have several big names uh, show up. We have uh, Brian Kendrick defeats uh, Austin Aries and Alex Shelley for the TNA X Division Championship. Huh. We have uh, Winter defeats Mickey James to win the TNA Knockout Championship. We have the faction known as Fortune with AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Kazarina, and they defeated the Immortals. And a faction known as Beer Money Inc., which with Bobby Roode and James Storm. <laughs> great tag team. <laughs> what a great name. They uh, win the tag team champion. And Kurt Angle defeats Sting to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Man, that seems so, like forever ago. I know. It's actually kind of a cool card. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm reading it going, man, I kind of wish I'd seen that now. Yeah. I mean, too bad TNA was awful. Because <laughs> exactly. they were, yeah, they could have been pretty good. I mean, honestly, AEW, especially like with those circle entrances, they really do remind me of TNA a lot of times, but they kind of do everything right that TNA did wrong or they have so far. So let's hope that they learn yeah. from TNA's mistakes. I, I hope so. I hope so. And yeah. speaking and speaking of mistakes, uh, we need to address something that happened last week on the Raw show. Yes. Kyle, do you want to tell a little bit? Then I'll, I'll share the the clip yeah um we had a devout listener uh who had an issue with something that matt said uh no surprise there so uh yeah they, they sent us a message in so uh i think we're gonna play that clip right now so chris whenever you're ready yep all right so here it goes this is carol sin wife of matt sin one of your hosts of wrestle life radio and i would like to address the claims made about me on the August 1st post on WrestleLife Radio reviewing WWE's Raw episode, which was aired on July 29th. During the Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss match on this week's episode of Raw, uh, Alexa Bliss uh, allegedly injured herself, and there was some going back and forth on our episode of WrestleLife Radio of whether or not Alexa Bliss was in fact injured and how we all came to our understanding that in fact she wasn't. Um, and I would like to address that not only was I severely misrepresented by Matt Sin, uh, but Matt Sin also perjured himself by making himself out to have been so suspicious of the alleged injury and so confident that, in fact, she was not injured. He also went on to claim that I was, quote, like, super concerned, and that he had to comfort me by saying something like, quote, it's okay, honey, she's just fine. 
I would like to point out that at no time during this match was I anything like super concerned. In fact, I was quite confident throughout all of the the crying and the tears and the wailing that this was, in fact, a show. Uh, some of the reasons why I was so confident, which I said out loud to Matt Sin as we were watching, were... Well, with her crying like that, she's not even trying to hide it. If it was real, you'd think she would try to cover her face or sort of hold it in, but she is just wide open to the camera, bawling for everyone to see, which doesn't seem like something you'd do if you were really in pain. Also, I noted the camera is on her. They're not making any effort to conceal it, if it is in fact real. There doesn't seem to be any urgency to get her out of the ring or out of the room. I said this multiple times. If someone is really injured and is bawling their eyes out, you get them out of the room, uh, and especially if it's unexpected. So, uh, no one's coming to carry her out, and then, of course, the announcer tells us that she cannot continue, and that Becky wins. Uh, all of these are reasons why I believed, and made it verbally told, Matt Sin, that I believed that Alexa Bliss was not, in fact, injured. Uh, so, I, I severely uh, am offended by these claims, that I was, like, super concerned, and that I required such pompous comforting from Madsen. Uh, I will accept nothing less than a public apology and a Cody Rhodes t-shirt. Wow. Mm. Madsen, enemy of the people, right there. Wow. Shots fired, Matt. Shots fired. So, uh, Matt, what did you say <laughs> for yourself about that incident? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead silence. This yeah. week, one on one winner, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so, everyone, you want to tune in next week to hear Matt's response to that because I am, I am shocked that Matt would would come up with those things about his own wife. Lies. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, like on our show, he is the Maria Canellis. That's what just happened. <laughs> and he's actually at the OGBYN right now. That's why he's not here. <laughs> Stirrups and all. All right, so let's get into Raw. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so um, this week they start off the show with a moment of silence and a 10 bell salute for the uh, victims of the El Paso and Dayton. Uh, shootings that just happened over the weekend. So that was nice um, to see something yeah. uh, for them to do that. Um, so they had all the superstars out on the stage and uh, the crowd took a moment of silence. So that's always nice to hear. Uh, then we had the opening of Raw and Samojo comes out. He jumps on, up on the announce table. He's screaming at Michael Cole and Corey Graves saying that they accused him falsely of uh, being responsible for what happened to Roman Reigns. And uh, Cole and Corey got on the microphone and said, uh, Joe, uh, you know, we we tried to, uh, you know, we, we we said that, but there there was a poll that was on WWE.com or something, I guess. And they said that 80% of the WWE universe believe that uh, what happened to Reigns was not an accident. And then Joe uh, probably said, well, 80% of the WWE universe were idiots. <laughs> so, uh and I agree with him because <laughs> if 80% really thought that, uh, you know, it was, well, I guess if not an accident, if you want to, you know, say it's, you know, not an accident, then I guess that could be true, but it's definitely not 
that Smojo was involved. So, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and I, he, uh, he... go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, um, this was one of the better openings for Raw in a long time, man. Don't you think? Yeah, it was, it was definitely different. Um, and it was a segment that didn't last like 20 minutes and, uh, Joe's great as always. So yeah, right. he came out there and he had a lot of energy and, uh, yeah, he basically said if, if, you know, that he didn't get an apology from Reigns, he was going to shut down Raw later or when, when Roman arrived. So, um, yeah, it was a great segment. Yeah, it was great. The only thing I didn't like was that they showed the horrible footage again. <laughs> I had yeah. to endure it again. Severely <laughs> edited too. And it was still didn't really make it that much better. It was. Yeah. I mean, between the two shows, they showed it like three or four times. Like, please stop showing this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy to me too. I mean, I won't stay on this long, but they seem to always, they do something and it's horrible. And then they edit it later. And it's like, wouldn't you learn eventually that like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do it bad to start and then edit it down. Like, <laughs> they just don't. You would think. Yeah. But uh, so after that, they, like you said, showed the video of what happened on SmackDown. Joe said he wanted an apology and I uh, stormed off. And then uh, Becky Lynch came out, her music played, and we went to commercial. So, and they, and they actually also announced that uh, the SummerSlam match is a submission match. I don't know. Was there a yeah. video, Chris, do you know that? They actually accepted this or they just announced it? They just announced it. They said that as first reported on Sports Illustrated or something like that. So um, apparently it's making the rounds, but I, yeah. there was no video. I'm guessing Heyman or whoever the shadowy GM figure is in the background heard Natalia's challenge slash not challenge and said, hey, that's a good idea and just did it anyway. Hey, why not? <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, we come back from the break, and uh, it's Becky Lynch and Charlotte versus Natalia and Trish Stratus. And uh, not a very long, not a super long match, but uh, a lot of Becky and Charlotte not getting along, tagging each other in. Um, what was funny, I, at the beginning of it, uh, Natalia put on an armbar on Lynch, and Michael Cole said, would she tap out to her own move? And Corey Graves was like, well, the armbar is uh, Ronda Rousey's move. <laughs> but i mean i guess the disarmor is pretty much an armbar so yeah just just yeah. a different just a different way yeah <laughs> was it uh was it just me or why is becky teaming with charlotte i i don't i don't understand that I, i'm guessing since they just decided to do the you know uh since becky's facing natalia charlotte facing trish we'll just put yeah. them together and it was kind of strange because uh um so the rest of the match basically was, you know, Becky and Charlotte not getting along. Charlotte exits um, and leaves Becky hanging. Natalia puts her in the sharpshooter and she refuses to tap, reaches the ropes, and they call for the bell because Natalia refuses to let go. And Trish runs in and separates Natalia and gets shoved. Um, but Trish, like, it was kind of strange. She came, they brought her back and she's in her gear, like, didn't save it for SummerSlam to see the entrance and everything. And uh, she just sat on the apron. Yep, the whole time. <laughs> so so uh, she, she never got in the match. And uh, she checked on Lynch after the match and Natalia left. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird. It wasn't like a, like a DQ or, I mean, not DQ, but um, it wasn't like a clean. I guess they don't want, you know, Becky to tap out to the sharpshooter, you know, and yeah. give an idea that she could do it at the pay-per-view. So I guess that's the only finish they could come up with, but it was just strange. 
it was weird uh, to put, you know, a face and a heel on a team together. Like, I know they do it sometimes for effect, but you're like, what's going on? And then, uh, I don't know if you yeah. noticed this or not, but as Charlotte's leaving, I don't know if you saw that big patch of hair that fell out of her head that was just laying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> she lost her like, weave. I was like, oh, she's leaving some hair. That's great. But, uh, yeah. I didn't notice that, actually. Really short match, man. Like, super yeah. short. There was another one of those, but we'll get to that later. I'm yeah. sure you know which I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> so, but, uh, and if yeah. you notice, like Becky got Becky got the biggest pop out of all four of them. Yeah, uh, I mean the fans still like her. I mean, she, yeah, she's she's Becky Lynch. I mean, obviously, I you know gave my displeasure of what they did with her last week, but she's still super over. So I mean, yeah. um. And they, they definitely played on more Natalia being heel here, uh, holding on to the um, sharpshooter and, you know, not breaking it and kind of spoiling the match. Right. So um, in that pushing, sense, she was definitely – yeah, she was definitely the heel in this match. Pushing Trish, you know, like she was her BFF or something. Yeah. So, so uh, after that, uh, we move on to Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, which was an awesome match. Yes. Uh I love this match, but I every time they do it, I just kind of think, like I'm watching this match, and it's great, and I'm just thinking, God, I wish they had a better like a story to go along with it. Like this mm-hmm. could be an all time epic feud, but it seems like they just kind of say, well, these two are good together, so let's just put them together because we need an awesome match. Mm-hmm. And I just wish there was more, you know, on the line for these matches. Um, I think early on they were there was more at stake uh, when they first were wrestling each other, but lately they just kind of been putting each other together, but Hey, I, I mean, I guess if it's, you know, this good of a match on raw, I'll take it. So yeah. what do you think, Chris? I think this was um, a fantastic match. In fact, when I was watching it, I'm like, I'm trying to keep up with it. Cause you know, Matt's not here. He normally keeps the notes. So like, right. I'm trying to take notes and I'm trying to keep up with it, but it was so hard because it was just like, amazing move after amazing move like you know mysterio did that sunset flip in and then into the barricade um they actually fought during the commercial which was pretty cool um just so many and and, you know the crowd was into it we had some 619 chance um and even even zelina on the on the apron like the way her reactions were, it was, it was really good. It, it, it's hard to, there's not a lot of managers anymore, so you don't see people lose right. it like that, but it really added to the match I felt. And overall, I mean, just great match. And I really, like you said, I wish that they would just keep this going. This would be so good. Yeah. yeah and I, maybe they'll do something with uh, the whole mask situation. Um, I mean, I, I guess there's, possibility or i've heard rumors of down the road doing a mask versus hair match or something because they keep <laughs> kind of hinting at ray mysterio's mask getting taken off um and that's and that's actually what led to the finish um uh, andrade kept pulling at ray's mask and the referee was trying to stop him saying no quit doing that and then uh ray was trying to adjust his mask and Zelina got up on the on the apron and uh did she actually she did she yank in the match or did she actually hit him? I can't remember. She she grabbed him and yanked him down. His neck hit the rope. That's right. That's right. She choked him on the rope, yeah. and uh, then uh, Andrade hit the hammerlock DDT and got the pinfall. And yeah, like 
like we said, I think this would be an awesome program if they could get a story behind it. Um, so yeah, I hope they do that. Uh, I it's I don't want to say you know try to be sour on it and say that like well they've already had like this many good matches how could they kind of follow it but I mean they still keep they keep doing it so yeah <laughs> they they work hard when they're together and they work really well yeah I mean why not capital um, why not capitalize on it because um, I mean they they could really take this really far. Cause, you yeah, know, they, and they could have built it at SummerSlam. Yeah, and they've been using Rey Mysterio kind of here and there, just kind of putting people over. Um, but, man, he's still got it. I'm telling you, he's one of the best that's ever been in the ring. I'm, I looked at my wife. I said, he, he's got to be one of the best ever, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's he's almost gotten better or at least stayed the same. Or He's just been able to redefine himself through his career. And, like, I say, I say stay the same as, like, he's kept, like, a – his work rate has been good throughout his whole career. I mean, he's changed obviously from when he was in WCW when he was just doing crazy stuff. Right. And, but now he's like, you know, a little older and heavier, but he's not pulling back so much to where it's, you know, his matches are boring or he's got to change his style completely. Uh, he's safer now, but he still, you know, does great things. I mean, uh, there were several moves in this match that were still awesome to see. Mm-hmm. And he's as old as he is. So, yeah, put them together more. Yes, agreed. <laughs> We'd love to see that. Agreed. So then uh, next um, we had uh, the Maria and Mike OBGYN <laughs> in the waiting room. So, uh, yeah, this whole segment was just kind of strange. <laughs> so bad. It was, <laughs> it was yeah, it's very cringy through parts, and it just was kind of – and also, whoever was tasked to uh, – it it's strange, too. So the, so the medical room that they were in for the actual exam when she's on the stirrups and everything, that actually looked like a – you know, they probably went to a medical part of the arena. And uh, they were in Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm guessing they went to, like, a medical section of their, that area mm-hmm. of the arena. But the waiting room that they constructed, it's just – it was like a purple curtain yes. behind them. Just chairs – a TV that was supposed to be a logo for whatever clinic they were at. Like it, it was a contrasting, like clearly not a doctor's office and then kind of a doctor's office. It was, look. It was so bad. Um, it was like, is your, is your doctor yeah. in an open warehouse? Because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, yeah. Whoever was tasked with putting the scene together, they just, uh, they need to get some practice at that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just Mike and Maria and they're, you know, talking about each other. Maria's saying, you got to protect me, the baby and the belt. Um, then the, the doctor comes in and Mike's, you know, he's saying, yeah, I'll protect you and gets, you know, goes in to give her a kiss and he, you know, starts leaning in, leaning in, trying to get her relaxed and he presses her shoulders down and the doctor runs in and starts counting one, two, three. And she rips off her robe, and it's the NXT referee, <laughs> the woman referee. And uh, Mike celebrates. He grabs his belt. Uh, I don't understand why he laid down a couple weeks ago if he's just going to the week after pin her and make her more furious. So now he's a dead man. <laughs> and not only that, he uh, walked out into the lobby and was uh, celebrating. And he was out there, but our truth and Carmella in – Horrible disguises. And drag. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they both seem to swap. Like R Truth wears the women's clothing, and Carmella wears the men's clothing. Yep. They always they always have it switched up. So, uh, yeah, Truth uh, <laughs> took forever to bring out this fake baby, threw it up in the air, and Mike's caught it. See, I guess he was thinking it was a real baby. Uh, yeah. He's like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Truth is hiding this real baby. I better catch it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he just tosses the baby in the air. Mike catches it, and the uh, the deadliest move in WWE, the roll up, move of doom. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he gets uh, countered for the pin, and uh, the title switches again. I was I was kind of hoping they would do something with Maria as the champion for a couple weeks. I mean, I know that they are kind of annoying. and Very annoying. But I was kind of also disappointed. It's like, really, that's like – because they kind of had a – they kind of built a nice, you know, uh, how, well, how are they going to get out of this situation with, like, Maria being the pregnant champion – and then they just end it like a week later, like oh, Mike's going to pin her at the doctor's appointment. <laughs> so and our truth, it could have been like something, but yeah. Well, our truth is now the eleven-time champion. <laughs> He's coming up on like historical status here, man. Eleven times. And what about like how is he not the heel in the situation? Because Carmel has been at his side the entire time, and I don't think she's won it once. No. <laughs> she's just like tagging along, and she's. I guess she's getting her jollies by uh, making sure our truth keeps winning this thing, and she's just kind of there. She's just she's just getting piggyback rides, man. Yep, I guess so. So if uh, if Mike would have dropped the baby, would he have said it's not my fault? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be better than what he's been saying. That's right. So. <laughs> he probably should have, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> So after this segment, this god-awful segment, mm-hmm. uh, we had a really good segment. Um, Lynch, and I wish they would have done this earlier because I probably would have cheered Lynch more. Uh, she came out and did this interview with Charlie, said that uh, she was still kind of heelish here, but it, it played more to the, you know, the Stone Cold Becky Lynch of being, uh, she's not nice, you know, she's but she's not like, you know, completely, you know, a douche like she was to uh natalia last week right. but she came out and said uh you know natalia's been laying canada down her whole career <laughs> you know i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the one that they look up to this sunday after i beat her and uh the one thing i do hate about wwe nowadays and i wish just pro wrestling would stop doing in general is like saying they're trying to be like break kayfabe and say like natalia's saying she's not getting opportunities like i kind of wish they would give up on that like I'm more of the, I want to see more of a sport and, you know, sprinkle in a real, little realism here and there, but them saying like, they don't get opportunities. It's like, well, win more and then you'll get opportunities. That's right. Like I get what they're saying. Cause they're trying to say, they're trying to play to the internet community and the, you know, the people on Reddit and stuff who are in the know and say like, Oh, well this will play to them. But it's for that casual fan. They don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that though, Becky Lynch had an awesome promo here. She delivered it, and uh, it was so much better that Seth wasn't standing next to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why would he? So, um, are they dating or something? I don't know. They've been, yeah, I've seen them together here and there, but oh, yeah. But she was on her own this week. Wow, and uh, it was so, so much better. Uh, I wish she would have just walked away after she delivered it because she she ended by saying, uh, 
you know, while she was uh, bleeding with a broken face with Ronda Rousey, Natalia was on a reality show, changing her bikini and practicing her duck face on social media. Oh, dude. And uh, she just had some good lines in this promo. Dude, I actually wrote them down because this was so good. While I was in the yeah. ring changing the business. Wait, where was it? Oh, while I was in the <laughs> while I was in the ring changing the business, she was on a reality TV show changing her bikini. I was like, oh, <laughs> she was roasting her line after line. It was great in this promo. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. And uh, she, I wish she would have just like said her last line and walked away, just dropped the mic. But then Charlie had to be like, okay, well, let's now go to Natalia, see what she has to say. And I was like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what can you say after that? Like she, they went to Natalia. And she said uh, she won't tap. She could let uh, Becky break her arm with the disarmor, but she won't tap. And that she uh, she won't let Canada down. They'll be celebrating after she wins. And it was like, ugh. not a good follow-up no. to uh, Becky Lynch. No, Becky owned awesome that. Promo. Yeah, Becky owned that. She did. She <laughs> <laughs> Natalia probably would have been better served to just like walk away after uh, they cut it, kicked it to her because there wasn't really much she could say after that. Um, you know, I've said it before about Natalia. Like, I, she's very good in the ring. Uh, I'll give her that. She's n- always been kind of rough on the on the mic, and uh, just really, sh- it's like every time you say s- someone burns her, she's like, "Oh yeah, well you're an idiot." Like that's just what it sounds like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, she's definitely. I feel like, she, especially when she's a heel role too, it's harder for her to play up to that and be because I think she's a generally nice person. So I think she has a hard time putting on the mean face. Sure. Yeah. And like talking. Yeah. Like, so that's, it's always kind of been a block for her and it definitely showed in this, uh, segment. Yeah. No, she has, she, <laughs> but, uh, next, uh, what were you going to say, Chris? Sorry. No, I was, I was just going to agree with you. Like she's genuinely a good person. So yeah, playing a bad guy is not her, her forte. Yeah. Uh, so someone who is playing a good, playing a bad guy in the next segment, uh, your favorite uh, Lesnar and Heyman come yeah. out. Ugh. Do you want to pick up this segment, Chris? I would love to. Let me just <laughs> tell you. All right. So <laughs> Brock comes out and just so you know, I was listing lots and lots of booze. Oh yeah. Lots of booze. And then Paul Heyman starts with his normal rants because uh, Brock can't put words together to form a sentence. <laughs> so Paul Heyman has to talk for him. And then they show the, uh, the video of, of the beating that Seth took last week. Uh, really just put his, his body out there for the sake of the fans. And then it comes oh, back yeah. to Brock, Brock smiling with his yellow crooked teeth, <laughs> just, just looking like an ogre, you know I mean? Uh, and, and then Paul Heyman says, Seth, uh, uh, if, if he's here tonight, he has more balls than he does brains. And then the music hits and Seth shows up, even though we talked about how we wished he didn't this week. Um, yeah. But he, he comes out, he's using the steel chair as a basically as a crutch. And then Paul's like, you know, Paul Heyman's yelling, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So but Seth goes after him anyway. Lesnar hits him in the ribs. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the, the crowd was so quiet. It's like they were bored with it. And you know why they're bored with it? Because anything with Brock Lesnar is boring. 
and it's it's also just like a lot of what we've already seen. Like, yeah, it's, it's they're just repeating the same stuff. Now, the beating last week was I liked it in a sense of like it like it meant something, but yeah, him just coming back out this week like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> like why? I, I and it and it also didn't help him at all because WWE, you could tell they're trying to say like. He's such a fighter. He's going to come out. Even though he's hurt, he's going to take on Brock. And it's like, no, he's an idiot. It's like, <laughs> he's Brock Lesnar. He's a monster. Seth knows this. And he's like coming out with using the chair as a crutch. And he gets in the ring. And he doesn't even put up a fight at all. And I, I mean, I know that's the point. But if you're going to have him come out and, and like try to fight, you know, for his – you know, try to get Brock back, like just having him getting beat down like this is not – the like he just – he looked so weak. Yeah, I mean, it was, like it was bad. He comes out and just like I also loved how he was so slow to get to the ring, limping, and he gets in there. As soon as he picks up the chair, he just runs full speed with the chair. Like right for that split second, he was back to normal, and then he got kicked in the ribs. Right, and uh, Brock just destroyed him some more. And uh, I think that was bad. But was what was way worse to me was the promo that he cut after. Mm. just he grabs the mic this is after a commercial break um they and they uh they recap kind of what happened and the referees are checking on rollins and he grabs the mic and uh he's like <laughs> i can't i don't even know if i can replicate how lackadaisical this promo was he's yeah. like um i have to ask myself is this worth it <laughs> like it's so just so lackadaisical no energy he's not like straining and like angry at himself or angry at Lesnar with passion behind it he's just yeah is this worth it <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is all I ever it's, wanted this is all I've ever wanted <laughs> the crowd's chanting what every time he stops yeah. and say something and then uh, at the very end of it he's just like I'm going to win at SummerSlam. I guarantee it. Yep. <laughs> How are people going to get behind him and cheer and be like, I mean, he granted he did get a burn it down chant at one point, but I think it was just out of boredom. <laughs> They're like, yeah. all right, we got a chance something here. This is dying a death. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the Pittsburgh crowd was, was a good crowd. So they were, they were just trying to be supportive, but you know, he even looked, that he looked defeated. Like, yeah. <sighs> how could you get behind this guy? It's very, I, I was frustrated just watching this. Cause yeah, it was just, well, you know, p- part of it is, you know, obviously he's trying to act like he's, you know, beat up and he doesn't have the energy to talk, but you wonder how much of it too is everyone's so sick of Brock Lesnar. Like, uh, this, this week I listened to, um, the uh, Jericho podcast with John Moxley. Have you heard that one yet? I haven't heard it yet. So one of the things that he does talk about is just how Vince wants Brock there, but he goes, but yet Brock's ruining his company. Yeah. And and I really think that a lot of people kind of have the same feeling. I mean, he, and and you got to wonder, you know, Seth is a hard, hard worker and yet he's being, he's being put up like he's nothing. You know, I mean, that's got to be that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, and it's I kind of agree that they're just overusing Brock. Like, 
I didn't like him sitting at home with the title, but I mean, look at Goldberg. You know, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, when we review SmackDown, but uh, well, Ed, I mean, well, he comes back on Raw. Sorry, <laughs> he comes back and uh, he's. Yeah, I mean, the crowd's still into him, but it's because they don't see him every week. It's not he's not holding on to the title. He's right. not. You know, uh, you know, he, he's he's an attraction. But, you know, you, you can only ride the attraction so many times. And Brock's kind of been that guy, and they just keep going back to going back to him because he's Brock. And the fans are just getting bored of it. Like And like I was saying when we were talking about, you know, when he won the title back, cashing in, it would have been such more of an interesting story if, you know, Lynch had got involved and saved, you know, Seth from Lesnar. And then Lesnar had, you know, a reason to come back and be angry. And then it's just do something different, but they're right. doing the same thing of Brock's got the title. Somebody's challenging him. They get, you know, destroyed every week. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're going to get, he will go to the pay-per-view. And I also feel like Seth was uh, channeling his inner fan, wrestling fan with that promo. Cause yeah, he's probably thinking the same thing of like, here we go again. Yep. I'm going to win. I guarantee it. He did the same so, thing to Roman Reigns. I mean, if you remember, he did the same thing to Roman Reigns every week. You know, yeah. And Roman didn't get over, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. WWE does not learn from their mistakes. Clearly, and uh, speaking of not learning from your mistakes, uh, uh, oh, actually, before, sorry, I skipped over uh, the Kurt Angle and Street Profits. Um, this is also a little strange and cringy. I mean, I, I kind of like the Street Profits, but. Uh, this went on a little long. <laughs> Kurt was just kind of standing there. Uh, they they come up and uh, they talk about how um, you know how they're big fans of Kurt Angle and they start beatboxing Kurt Angle's theme music. Uh, that was pretty cool, by the way. He did a good job. It went on forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Montez Ford, he gets a cooler and he pulls out um, a bunch of milk, mm-hmm. and uh, they start pouring you know solo cups of milk, which. Also, if they were basically like shots of milk, it was like the <laughs> littlest amount of milk possible. And uh, they uh, they give to Kurt and Kurt's. I did kind of like laugh at this a little bit, where he's kind of like, "Guys, my wife said I couldn't get too crazy tonight." <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Me and my white funny. milk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then they say, "Oh, well, we thought you were Kurt Angle, not Mike Kanellis." And so he he starts to drink the milk, but uh, Drew McIntyre walks up. And uh, he kind of puts a damper on the party and says, um, you know, I mean, no harm, guys, but Kurt, you know, what do you tell Why don't you tell him about uh, what happened last time we saw each other? And basically said he beat him with his own move. And if Kurt Angle tried anything as a special referee in his match tonight, he would uh, he would do it again. He put a boot in his skull or something like that. I love McIntyre, uh, but this whole segment was kind of cringy. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it did, did go a little long. I thought it was kind of fun. You know, I like how they're introducing the street profits. Um, They're not just throwing them, you know, in the ring when they first get there, they're kind of slowly introducing them through these background things. Cause I think that they're going to be a lot of fun uh, once they come up to the main roster that NXT crowd loves street profits. Yeah. I mean, mean, they're, they're they're definitely over. um, Yeah. But yeah, it's a little strange for me with them. <laughs> they keep coming raw and they're like, we're the NXT champions. And it's kind of like, they're still in NXT, but still not. Yeah. They, like, a, they, they obviously haven't had a match yet. So uh, I don't know if they're officially called up or not, <laughs> or at least it's storyline wise. 
Yeah, they're in the in between in between spot. Yeah, which I guess isn't you know a terrible thing yeah. you know way to introduce. I guess it's better than them calling somebody up, them having one match and then not appearing for a month or you know so because they they've done that with people in the past NXT people and so oh, if yeah. this is the alter, alternative to that then I'm all for it. Yeah, Prince Pretty is is a prime example. Right. And he's back in NXT. Killing back, him, actually. But. Back in NXT. <laughs> yep. So uh, next we had uh, the best part of the show. Uh. <laughs> Again, uh, and this is the part where I was saying this is clearly them not learning from their mistakes. Uh, just another squash match. Like, I mean, I, I'm the one that's been defending squash matches and saying, like, they can be good if you use them the right way. Uh, and it's been like a month now and they have not been using it the right way. I'm definitely bored with this. I know you and Matt have been, um, yes. So yeah, let's not spend any more time on it. Well, (laughs) I stopped doing this. Well, one thing that the crowd again, silent. And then during the, uh, the commentary, the Viking Raiders obviously are killing the jobbers and Renee says, just end it. And my thought was, (laughs) my thought was exactly Renee, just end it. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. We're all we're all I, thinking the same thing, Renee. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it doesn't make sense. Like I, I would almost get it if like they were going to be a face team, but they're just heels, so it's like they're trying to get them over because they do cool moves, but they're like still heels. So it's very I don't know. It's just really strange because they were baby faces on NXT basically, um, and they were like awesome. Yeah. Uh, but now they're, they're kind of doing the same thing and doing cool moves, but they're, you know, beating up jobbers, which nobody's, you know, getting on board with anymore and they're heels. So it's just like an awkward thing anyway. So it's just boring. Yeah. So moving on, move on, move on <laughs> the, uh, they are a Harley race tribute video, um, which is great. They always do a good job with these tribute videos. Yeah. Um, very good. Really told the story of Harley race, uh, this is also uh, my girlfriend. She was walking by and when this kind of came on. She stopped and um, she was kind of like, "Who's that? Who? You know?" She because she they had talked, you know, were talking about him passing away, and she's like, "Who passed away?" And she kind of sat and watched this video, and it was a good introduction of who Harley Race was, especially for her, you know, somebody who didn't know who he was. Yeah. And then um, after the video, crowd gave a standing ovation. We're chanting Harley, so just a great moment to remember him by. Yeah, thought it was a great job. Um... And uh, Harley Harley Grace was one of the best, and uh, surely will be missed. For sure. So uh, after that, we had uh, was supposed to be Cedric Alexander versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, The match never happened. uh, Alexander's coming out for his entrance. Kurt Angle's in the ring uh, as a special guest referee, and McIntyre runs up and attacks him from behind. Uh, he's beating him up. He's going to do the inverted Alabama slam on the outside. And uh, Alexander fought back, hit the tornado DDT. They're both laying out and uh, lights start going out. Everybody knows what's happening. They start cheering, mm-hmm. even though they, their hometown hero is about to get killed. And uh, <laughs> the lights come back on and it's, uh, or the lights flash and it's Bray Wyatt. And he's got the mandible claw on Kurt Angle. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, same thing they've been doing, kind of building up Bray Wyatt. Um, what do you think about this, Chris? You know, um, last week we talked about uh, Bray Wyatt using the mandible claw 
on uh, on Mick Foley. And so uh, we were, we thought, well, maybe maybe they just did on Mick Foley because he couldn't he couldn't take his sister Abigail. Uh, but right. uh, you're starting to wonder if, if maybe he's going to use that move or he's just doing it on the on the old timers. But um, I, again, I loved it. Uh, I love the fiend. I love that he's um, attacking anyone and everyone. Um, all I got to say is he better win at SummerSlam or else they're wasting <laughs> wasting their time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to win. Um, Cause I mean, Finn's not really on a hot streak. So I think he's definitely going to be the sacrificial lamb in this feud. Uh, but I do, I agree. I, I love what they're doing with him. Um, and uh, it's, it's been great, but they still managed to WWE it up every now and then. And I'm kind of over the lights with the weird screams. Yeah. Like it just kind of seems unnecessary. Like he could just go in and choke out angle and maybe have just like a spotlight on him or, you know, something it's like, they're trying to make it creepier than, you know, it actually is. And I mean, just the mask and him choking him out in general is kind of creepy. So, and yeah. obviously they, they call him the fiend, like every sentence. So that's it's the only thing. The I, fiend. <laughs> that's the only thing that's been bothering me about it. But Bray Wyatt himself has been great, and uh, I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the match looks like, and if he's changed his style, if he's, uh, you know, what what he's going to do at SummerSlam. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. So after this, we have um, the uh, the OC, which is uh, not the TV show that was on MTV. I think back in the day. <laughs> this is the uh, team of Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, and AJ Styles versus the New Day's Big E and Xavier Woods. Um, and uh, Luke Gallows comes back out with his face paint, which I was happy to see. And uh, they, they actually pointed out on commentary that this is his paint that he wore in Japan and this kind of his war paint. Um, so yeah, they yeah. were. It's, it's, it's great eye makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's, but Hey, it's a lot better than just nothing. I kind of wish Carl Anderson would do it too, but, um, it was always cool the way he did it in uh new Japan every time I saw him. So, uh, I'm glad he brought it back for the, for the OC. Um, but they, uh, they get in the ring and basically there's no match. It's automatically a DQ. They styles jumps in they attack new day, uh, crowd chance for Kofi, but they kind of, the announcers make, make it clear that, um, He's not there. He's got title uh, obligations elsewhere. So uh, Ricochet runs out instead, which was great to see. Um, Obviously, because he's feuding with OC, but that, you know, he's friends with the New Day. It's not just uh, baby faces getting beat down and not saved by anybody. So uh, Ricochet runs out and uh, makes a save. And that, you know, brings us to a six man tag match. We're almost needing a. (laughs) <laughs> almost need a Teddy Long coming out. You know, a tag team match. Play up. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, we we uh, we start the tag, six man tag. Um, it's a pretty good match. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so uh, basically, a lot back and forth. Biggie has some good spots in this match of you know being a big man. Um, and then uh, spilled on the outside at one point. Ricochet got thrown into the the uh, the guardrail area, which looked like it hurt. Yes. Uh, Biggie got taken out, and then um, uh, Luke Gallows and 
Carl Anderson, they hit uh, Xavier Woods with the Magic Killer and get the pinfall victory here. Yeah, um, you know, it, I, after they came back from commercial and they became six-man tag team, um, it, it was a little rushed, but it was still a good match. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, we, we had talked about the OC and is like, is it original? Is it official? Is it only? So now they just kind of go with all three. Have you noticed <laughs> it's, that? It's all the above. <laughs> it's like the original, the official, the only club. I'm like, is it because you couldn't come up with which one? So you're just going to go with all of them? Anyway. Yeah. It's whatever but, uh, you want it to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever fits your uh, fits your fancy. But other than that, yeah. good I do like it better as like a you know a, a faction name better than the club. Yeah. Um. So it it's it works for me. Um. But yeah, for what it was, you know, pretty decent little match. Um. And the OC kept strong here, and it kind of makes sense too because they're supposed to be they're supposed to know each other. They're supposed to be an experienced tag team and. Maybe Ricochet, uh, you know, teaming along Biggie and Xavier Woods. Um, although Biggie and Xavier teamed together for a long time, you know, maybe Ricochet is not, you know, too well versed with them as a team. And, you know, I would expect the OC to win this match. So I thought it was, yeah. you know, appropriate finish. And um, I, I'm going to say um, Xavier Woods killed it. Like he was yeah. all over the place. I, I was really impressed with his, how he performed. I really was. Right. Yeah. Him and Biggie both to me did a great job. And yeah. Xavier took the pin and he didn't really lose anything from it. He exactly. didn't look weak. He got triple teamed essentially. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, booking wise, uh, that was great. So uh, after the match, uh, stagehand informs Joe that Roman Reigns is on his way to the arena. So Joe says, uh, He's about to watch. He's going to march down the ring, and Raw was officially about to be shut down. And so uh, we entered the third hour with the Roman Reigns segment. Uh, Smojo comes out. He sits in the ring, cuts a great, passionate promo, saying that uh, you know the fans have been accusing him of, accusing him of this. You know he's wrongfully accused. Um, accused Reigns of being afraid of him. And he threatened to keep the crowd waiting all night until Reigns came out. And uh, somebody finally came to the uh, side of the ring, whispered in his ear. And Joe said, uh, well, Roman Reigns is coming to the parking lot, so I'm going to meet him out there. So he drops the mic and starts heading outside. So uh, he heads to the parking lot where Reigns steps out of his car. They're trash talking to each other. And suddenly Reigns looks over. He says, oh, crap. He jumps in his car and an SUV uh, or was it SUV or just a car? I can't remember. Well, Roman was in the SUV and then the car came and hit. That's right. That's right. Car comes out of nowhere, speeding up and hits the side of the, the car, which looks really good. Uh, a lot better than the thing falling on Roman. Uh, yeah. Much more convincing of a segment. And what I, what I liked a lot about this was um, he hits him. And instead of Joe kind of being like the uh, – you know, just kind of walking away and be like, yeah, that's what you get. He actually went and checked on Roman. Yeah. It was like, you know, which kind of gave credence to like, hey, man, I have nothing to do with this. And uh, so it, me being a fan of Samoa Joe, I really like them doing that. Um, what do you think about it? No, I thought it was great. Uh, he, he went to, to check on him. He kept calling for medics. And he also was like, you know, stay down, stay down. You know, you, you know, 
they're, they're coming. Um, and it, uh, it, it really seemed genuine. I mean, obviously we know it's a work, but it, it really seemed genuine. Right. Um, then like triple H came out to check on them. Um, and, uh, and so it, it definitely made it feel a lot more real. One thing that my sister pointed out was whenever they came back uh, on Roman, she said, the car didn't look like it got hit anymore. <laughs> so, uh, they must have edited that out. <laughs> yeah. They photoshopped it out, the bin and door. Yeah, right. Yeah. They, like, they well, might have shot that before and had it ready to go. Because exactly. it was – also, it was funny. I, I forgot to mention, uh, after it was hit, Joe went over to the door – and I think he tried to break the door off like yes. Lesnar style. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was actually another part where my girlfriend happened to be in the room and she saw it. And she's like, <sighs> she's kind of like, yeah, it's not, not happening, buddy. <laughs> Luckily he didn't try forever to break the door down. He just kind of briefly did it, but it was clear that he, he tried to kind of break the door off and uh, he couldn't really do it, but yeah, it didn't still, work out. Yeah. In that sense, Joe didn't look that great, but uh, in every other sense he did. And um yeah, this is much more of a convincing ax- or attempt of an attack on Roman Reigns than the uh, crap falling on him on SmackDown and yeah, the tons yeah. of camera cuts. Like, do this every time if you're going to keep doing this. Don't yeah. have the, you know, uh, Kevin Dunn million camera cuts, you know, thing. And you actually believed it this time when Joe was telling him to stay down, you might be hurt type thing, and not the doctors telling Reigns, we need to check on you after we just saw you sitting there not injured. <laughs> so, no, yeah, this was much better than the good. SmackDown version. Yeah, it looked really good. After this, uh, we have the Women's Fatal 4-Way Elimination Tag Team Championship match. Um, this has kind of been a, a weird thing for a long time because the Iconics were supposed to uh, defend if uh, – the Kabuki Warriors uh, won a – it was a house show, match, house show match, wasn't it? Or was it a SmackDown match where they um, won the number one contendership? That must have been a house. I think it was a house show match where they announced if they won this match, they would get a title shot. And that's where they had like for weeks they didn't get the title shot. And then they are like, okay, we'll give you one this week. And then they just got DQ'd instantly. This has been an ongoing thing forever, but finally they just decided, Hey, we'll just do it on raw. And, um, so it was Alexa bliss and Nikki cross versus the Iconics versus Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose versus Oscar and Kyrie Sane. Um, which was the strangest part of this was the Iconics came out and dominated everybody early. Yes. <laughs> They've like, been, What's going the on? laughing stock. They haven't won a match. They haven't done anything since they won these titles since WrestleMania. And they come out here and dominate everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they look unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. They're working great as a team. They're doing, you know, combination moves. You know, even when they start to kind of, you know, lose the upper hand, the other one comes in and saves them. And then they, you know, double team. I will say a weak point of this part was. Kyrie saying I was getting double teamed on Oscar just standing there. Right. It, it was almost like a, like an action, you know, I don't mean to be racist here, but a, a Jackie Chan fight scene where everybody kind of stands on the outside and waits to come in to get beat up. Wow. Oscar's kind of doing that here. Wow. Kyle. Wow. <laughs> hey, it, it's the only, 
It's the only one I can think of. Uh, Matt's going to uh, edit all this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was. She was just kind of waiting there to get beat up. Like yeah. she didn't go in to help Kyrie. She's just like, all right, once she gets beat up, I'm going to run in there. And yeah, they look strong. The uh, Iconics. And then as quick as they were strong here, you know, after being, you know, defeated all these months, uh, is how quickly it went away. Because, yep. uh, Tony Deville comes in and um, she saves Mandy for getting double teamed. Um, she sends Peyton the outside. Rose hits the V trigger knee on Billy Kay and just pins her flat out. And uh, the iconics are done. And I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was a little bit of a pop from the crowd, but after they go to the commercial break after the defeat, and you know, then obviously the announcers say, We're guaranteed tag team champions after this. Yep. <laughs> They go to the commercial break. I actually saw this later on YouTube. There was a in between. They actually stopped the match, uh, and in between the commercial break, and the iconics basically had a meltdown. Uh, they were screaming and shouting in their annoying fashion. Uh, they were complaining that Billy got her shoulder up and that you know it wasn't a three count and all this stuff. And the crowd was just like, "Oh my!" Like they were just done with the iconics after this. <laughs> I did not see. They that. were so I loud and annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's like they were doing their screeching and whatnot. And oh, God. Uh, my girlfriend was watching with me, and uh, she's—I mean, she's the casual fan here, and she was just like, "Oh my God, they're so annoying!" <laughs> like, just—and I get their heels, but it's just not the right type of heat. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. no. And really, they they were doing. They continued to do that in the commercial break, and um, they grabbed a microphone at one time and said they wouldn't stand for this. And uh, I was like, "You really don't need the microphone because you're loud, <laughs> <laughs> you're screeching." Um, anyway, yeah. they they stormed off, and their match resumed. Uh, I mean, they didn't really stop the match; they just kind of stopped doing anything in the match. The match was still going. Uh, but then when they came out. back, yeah, they, they couldn't do anything during the commercial break. So we come back and they uh, resume and uh, they kind of, they, they have a good little back and forth here. It was sloppy at points for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, Oscar uh, comes in and fights Sony Deville. Uh, then Kyrie Sane tagged in, took some strikes from Deville and they kind of went back and forth and uh, finally, Mandy Rose tags herself in, comes in and fights with Oscar. Oscar catches her, her in the Oscar lock, and uh, I think Mandy was just like standing there, <laughs> doing nothing, as uh, her partner was just like being choked out in the Oscar lock. And uh, sure enough, uh, Mandy tapped out. Yeah. Then it was down to Oscar so- and Kyrie Sane versus. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Before you go, say? before you go on, I was going to say um, the Kabuki Warriors had some really good double team moves that they were uh, laying down, and then um, <laughs> and we have to comment on the fact that Corey Graves uh, mentioned that Carrie uh, Sane, uh, because she's a pirate, that she might have scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd totally miss that. Because uh, uh, she went to shake hands with Alexa Bliss and she wouldn't shake hands or something. She goes, well, she might be afraid of getting scurvy because she's a pirate. <laughs> I was like, did you really just say that, dude? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I totally missed that, but that yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah. Actually. And they were like, did you just say scurvy on Monday Night Raw? <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. they're not PG anymore. So I guess they can. Yeah. Yeah. They can say that. PG-13. Uh, PG-13. Right. <laughs> yeah. I did like the, uh, the, the exchange between Kyrie Sane and Alexa. They kind of had some good stuff going on. And I agree that Asuka and Sane had a lot of, they always do. They have good moves together. They work really well together. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it was you know it was pretty good, and uh, it was just kind of sloppy at points. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, once uh, it was down to two teams, I think the crowd got it more into it, and um, it was still kind of sloppy. But they they had a good back and forth and had some you know uh, false finishes here, and I I kind of enjoyed the last part of this match a lot more than I did the first part. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's always hard to do a, a fatal four away with with four tag teams you know i mean right um, and we've talked about that before just how sloppy it gets and you never really know what the rules are and it just gets kind of all cross but um total shock. especially like especially a couple weeks ago when they had the you know the long elimination match and uh the crowd turned on them like yeah. i was kind of worried that was going to happen again but they got into the last part and um i mean it's a testament to oscar and Kyrie saying Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss because they, um, I thought the the last part of the match was pretty good and um, the finish came when uh, Nikki Cross caught Asuka between the ring and the skirt, uh, the ring apron and the skirt of the apron and Bliss gave her an awesome looking drop kick. Then Kyrie Sane got up to uh, hit the elbow, I believe, and Cross. Um, was that what happened? I can't remember. Yeah, Cross. Uh, Cross kind of came up, messed with her. Uh, bliss got her on the ground and then did the twisted bliss and right. total shocker. Uh, really? I was not expecting that ending. Right. And after it happened, I was kind of the same. I, I thought, you know, maybe they, they would probably be the last tag team. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Mandy and Sony would have made it to the end. Cause they've kind of been pushing them as a team. Right. And they've been going for the titles on SmackDown, but I definitely knew Oscar and Kyrie would make it to the end, but, um, yeah, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning. I'm kind of I'm good with that. I think they kind of it continues their story because they you know when they lost to to Bailey, I was kind of worried like, well, where are you going to go with the story now? Uh, they won a tag match on SmackDown the other uh, the last week uh, against Ember and Bailey clean, so it makes sense that they would you know win a you know they would win this match. They'd be able to win this match anyway. I liked it. I did kind of think after this match, though, would they possibly be setting up? I don't know how they would do it, but just like not trying to think logically, I guess, but just like instantly in my mind, where as soon as they won, I thought, is this how they're going to try to introduce or reintroduce Sasha Banks and Bailey? Yeah, I don't know. They, they lost the tag team titles when it was Bailey and Sasha Banks. Right. So, and Bailey's had an ongoing thing going with Bliss and Nikki Cross. You know who better for than to win the titles back against? So I think that would be a good program. I don't know how they would do it. You know, like I said, after I kind of thought about it, I was like, well, if Bailey's got the title on SmackDown, how are they going to pull this off? But well, she could—that's kind of what I first thought. She could lose it to Ember at SummerSlam. Yeah, really and I mean, and there's no other tag teams on Raw because all the other the tag teams in this match were SmackDown. Yeah. So who's you know who are they going to? you know, have matches with on raw. If they're the tag champs. So 
that's kind of the first thing I thought was maybe this is a way to bring back Sasha and, you know, her and Bailey who can win the titles back at some point. I don't know how they're going to do it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what I'd like to see um, eventually the Kabuki Warriors win this because I think that they, uh, they're definitely more of the convincing champions uh, versus, um, you know, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Because I, I can I kind of see this as a remember we had talked about you know eventually they're going to turn on each other and uh, right. and it's probably going to happen during a tag team match, um, <clears throat> but yeah I mean it was a good shocker uh, I was definitely shocked by it um, so it, it, at least it wasn't something that we all expected which is what we always see so it was a nice change right yeah and I guess. Kyrie and Oscar can um, they can have a program with them. I mean, the wild card rule is dead, basically. So yeah. they could definitely just come back and have a program with them. I'd be fine with that. I thought they did. They worked pretty well together. Obviously, Oscar and uh, Nikki Cross have worked in NXT before, and Oscar and uh, Alexa Bliss have before. And I actually saw an Alexa Bliss Oscar match in person when they were here in Nashville, and they've worked well together. So. I think they could put on an excellent program. So if they don't do a Sasha Banks Bailey thing, I mean, I'd be more than happy to see those two tag teams kind of go back and forth for a couple months. Yeah. And, and I think they'd be great on the mic too, because then you incorporate page and, you know, definitely get some good heat going forward. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. And so finally we end with uh, the last segment of the show was Miss TV featuring uh, Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler. So Miss comes out. Uh, Shawn Michaels introduces Shawn Michaels and uh, he dances down to the ring. Dolph Ziggler comes out and uh, they have it back and forth. He says he's been carrying WWE on his back for the past 10 years. Um, he's the best thing to happen to pro wrestling since Shawn Michaels lost his smile. He said the Miz lost <laughs> his balls. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was slamming him. All right. And, uh, yeah. He, uh, he said he would get the adulation he finally deserves when he wins at SummerSlam. He runs over and signs a contract that Miz has. And um, Miz uh, tells uh, Dolph Ziggler that um, Dolph Ziggler claims that he hasn't uh, gotten what he's deserved. Uh, but it wasn't because of the fans. It was because of him. He said he can't wait to beat him on Raw next week, which I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. that's kind of strange. But uh, – so Ziggler was kind of confused. He's like, huh? And uh, Miz says, well, you didn't read the fine print of the contract, did you? And uh, he said he wouldn't. He'd be facing somebody else at SummerSlam, not the Miz. And, of course, they try to make it look like it might be Michaels, but the crowd is chanting, Goldberg, Goldberg. And they already started <laughs> chanting it. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually kind of made it better um, that they were doing it. Because Ziggler's like, uh what's going on? And so – Goldberg's music hits. The crowd goes crazy because uh, he's not here every week and he has exactly. uh, not yellow teeth. <laughs> and, uh, he's a nice he, person. Yeah. <laughs> he walks out and uh, I think they like, they kind of messed up the, uh, the in ring, the props and everything. Cause Goldberg hit the ring. Ziggler bailed and Goldberg took a minute to set everything back up or something. Cause yeah. he like picked yeah. the contract up. Uh, Goldberg picks the contract up. He signs it. And he grabs the mic and says, uh, guess what, son? You're next. <laughs> and uh, Ziggler's penis pants as he walks up the ramp and turns. And uh, Shawn Michaels gives him the super kick. And we go off the air. 
So that was wrong. It's called, it's called sweet chin music when HBK does it. Just you know. And uh, I'm sure it was oh so sweet for Shawn Michaels to get this revenge here. But I like I like that ending. It was also not a typical you know raw ending. Yes, and it, it was a good like cliffhanger to what's going to happen to Ziggler at SummerSlam. So I I liked it a lot. I liked how they ended it. It was way better than so many <laughs> they've had. Um, right. and, and even though Goldberg hasn't been, you know, around for, to, to build the, um, the story, the fact that, uh, Ziggler has been talking so much smack on social media about Goldberg and how, you know, he hope he hopes he never sees him again and just, just ripping on the legends. And then, uh, it, it's, it's, it's inspiration enough to get his butt whooped. You're right. Yeah, and it makes it makes sense. Like he he has been talking. If it had just been like, you know, we randomly picked this person for you to fight. Like the fact that he had been you know talking about him before, and it, you know, carries that over into this. Like that's that's you know continuity that you know that they're keeping that they haven't done in the past, and that's what I enjoy about stories like this. So yeah, like I enjoy this raw. Um, what what grade would you give it, Chris? You know, I've been thinking about that. Kyle, um, because honestly, uh, last week, I think I gave it a C, but I gotta say, other than the stooping Viking Raider jobber match, and of course the, the, uh, moron Brock Lesnar (laughs) overall, overall, I gotta say that this was a much better raw than they've had in a long time. Um, I'm going to have to give this a solid, a solid B plus. And the oh. only reason, the reason it does not get an A is because of the Viking Raider jobber match. <laughs> as long as they're having jobber matches, you won't give it an A. That's right. I think it's safe to say. That's true. <laughs> and as long as Brock Lesnar's on the show. Stupid Brock Lesnar. <laughs> points, points taken away for every one of Brock Lesnar's yellow teeth. Well, then it'd be a, a minus. It'd be like a negative. It would be a failing grade. Yes. Gosh, he's so ugly. All right. Sorry. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed the show. I do definitely think it was an improvement on last week. Uh, they still had some bad segments here. Um, I really, obviously, the squash match, I'm over. The, um, the OBGYN 24-7 was whatever. It was, you know, kind of was dragged on. It was, it was cringy at points, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and then I, the only part that I just really didn't like on the show was the Seth Rollins stuff. Cause it just, it's like, we talked about the same old stuff. He just came off defeated. <laughs> the most unenthusiastic program I think I've ever heard cut. So other than that though, um, I really enjoyed the show. They had a lot of cool segments, like with the improved uh, Roman Reigns getting attacked, Samoa Joe throughout the show, you know, keeping us kind of seeing what was going to happen there. Uh, the surprising tag team, uh, women's tag team match victory, Andrade and Ray. Like, there are a lot of good things on the show. So I got to give it a B. I thought this was, well, I think I gave it a C last week because there was a good amount of good and bad, but I think the good this week far outweighed the bad. So yeah, I think a B for the show is what I give it. All right. Well, I gotta say that that I think that gives it a pretty solid grade from both of us. Yeah. 
Um, and we'll, we'll hear what Matt has to say when he gets back on the show, kind of get a, his opinion on it whenever he gets back. But uh, I will say uh, last week we started a segment uh, that I'm going to be doing weekly. But seeing as both of my moments happen to be on this episode of Raw, we'll go ahead and take care of it now. This is uh, my weekly brass ring and future endeavor. Both, like I said, coming from the show. And last week they were both on SmackDown. Uh, so uh, I don't plan for them to both be on one show each week, but it just happened to be this week. Uh, first, I'll start with my future endeavor. And it's kind of what I just alluded to a minute ago. Seth Rollins. He got beat down last week, which was a brutal beat down. But, you know, it was no fault of his own. But this week, it was all his fault. <laughs> yeah. He comes out there. Obviously beaten and bruised. He's got a world title match coming up this coming Sunday, and he can't sit at home and rehab his injuries. He's got to come out for what reason and try to take on Brock Lesnar. He gets beat down, just looks completely weak, like doesn't even put up a fight. And then he cuts the most lackadaisical promo. I mean, we've already talked on it. I'm not going to say much more on it, but it was just horrible. So, Seth Rollins, best of luck in your future endeavors because that was just poor this week. I'm really not even looking forward to the match (laughs) at SummerSlam now because of of that. (laughs) Uh, But for the brass ring this week, you kind of hit on it, and I kind of tried to not talk too much about it, but I'm going to talk more on it here. I'm giving it to Rey Mysterio. I almost gave it to Samoa Joe because he was awesome as usual and that he was, you know, he was a heel, but then he still cared about Roman Reigns when he got in the accident. But I thought about it and I was like, God, I, I can't not give it to Rey Mysterio. And for this reason, Rey Mysterio, since he's come back, actually before he came back, when he was in the, on the indies after WWE, he had a resurgence of his, his career. He looked better than he ever had. He was having great matches. So much so that WWE thought, you know what, this guy isn't you know as old as we thought he was. He still got it. We're going to bring him back. And really, since he's been back, they haven't booked him the best. No. He's had times where he's been squashed by Lashley, and um, we'll get to it you know, uh, tomorrow on what happened on SmackDown, which I wasn't really happy with, but that wasn't his fault. What he's getting the brass ring for is coming back and having awesome matches and working hard, not taking, you know, this could be a paycheck, and he could just be, you know, kicking his feet up and not, you know, trying, but he's going out there and he's still having great matches when he gets a chance to. And, uh, and I'm not even really going to knock him, but like someone like Shinsuke, I feel like since he's gotten to the main roster, he's kind of played WWE's game and he's kind of, he's almost kind of put his feet up and it's like, you know, I, I know how good I am. You know, I'll, I'll step up when I have to, but like every now and then Shinsuke just kind of goes out there and does his thing and he does it well, but he, he hasn't stepped his game up. He hasn't, you know, he, he's kind of, he hasn't done, you know, what he was doing in New Japan. And even when he was in NXT having awesome matches since he's been up to the main roster, he's kind of, like I said, almost taking a vacation. He's getting a paycheck now and he almost seems like he's kind of taken back. He's not in the main event, but Rey Mysterio, man. He's earning that paycheck, and he's earning the respect of the fans. And for that reason, he's getting my brass ring this week because he's been awesome, and I just want to – he deserves a push. 
I hope they do something with them at some point. And like we said, maybe a program with Andrade that actually means something. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, Ray deserves it this week because he was awesome. Booyaka, booyaka. Six, one, nine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's what we thought of Raw this week. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say, what you think about the show. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Uh, you can follow Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. And you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Chris Cumby. And you can follow Matt uh, on both Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. So uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, listen uh, tomorrow as we bring you uh, our SmackDown live uh, report. And, of course, tune in uh, next week for Matt's rebuttal to his wife. Uh, and we're going to have the SummerSlam preview show coming out this weekend. Uh, can't wait to, to talk to you guys again. Have a great night. See ya.